morning, family of God. It was such a beautiful morning out there. Praise, praise the Lord. Well, I'm excited to uh, share something with you today that's been on my heart for a couple weeks now. And usually when I prepare messages, the hardest part is, is a subject. And I'm in prayer and I'm meditating, Lord, what do you want? What do you want to teach to your people? I just want to be a vassal. I don't have everything figured out. I've got a young family. I, uh, what can I teach, Lord? And it's been on my heart this week to be an overcomer. Blessed are the overcomers. And do you find most of overcoming just that word is in First John and in, uh, in John and in Revelations, which is all John. John spoke about overcoming the most, primarily from his books. So it's, I find it pretty amazing that John was an overcomer. So we're going to, uh, we're going to, by uh, Lord's grace, we're going to uh, look over a lot of scriptures today. And hopefully the Holy Spirit will be able to touch your heart and speak to you this morning in, in a way which only the Lord can. Um, I appreciate what Brother Dave shared here, uh, and especially here in, if I'll find it, in uh, Luke 17, verse 32, which you read, Remember Lot's wife. And what did Lot's wife do? She, the next verse, Whomsoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it, and whomsoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. Lot's wife looked back. She was trying to save her life. She looked back. She looked back at the old. She remembered Egypt. She, her heart just desired it. We can all relate to that in our lives. Our hearts desires of Egypt, the things we used to enjoy. And a lot of times, sadly, we do touch on these things again. And they're our greatest folly. We all know what they are. But they need to be crucified. They need to be mortified. And God will give us strength. But he's not going to do the work for us. So thank you, David. That was a good reminder. Um, when I say my title, Blessed are the Overcomers, it's not one of the, it's not one of the Beatitudes. It's, uh, it's a reference to those that will inherit the kingdom of God. I gave it that title, Blessed are the Overcomers. And we'll do a study on that. We'll carry, we'll uh, cover a lot of scripture, but uh, we'll try to do it, try to keep it under half an hour. What does the Bible mean when it says overcomers? It generally means that the Christian has overcome the power of the world in his earthly life. He has overcome the power of the world in his life. And all of us are born with the tendency to follow the world. Just watch a child. Everybody that's raised children will see that. They desire to go after the flesh. And we expect them to. We expect them to take care of yours truly. And that's it. When they're hungry, they cry. 
they need to be changed and they cry again and they eat and they sleep and they cry and they eat and the cycle returns. That's how they're born with. Overcomer is the Christian who overcomes the power of the world in his earthly life and overcomes the prince of the world. It'll take, it'll take his whole life to overcome this. And it will not entirely overcome. While they're on this side of Jordan, they will not entirely overcome. But they will make headways. They will make progress. They will overcome. They will live over as overcomers. It's going to be a pattern in their life. The enemy is not going to have preeminence over them. Because they're overcomers. And as we read these scriptures, we will see what it takes to become an overcomer. Um, I'll start, we'll start at, uh, when I say a wheel, I want you all to follow along, take your Bibles, and we'll start in John 16. We're not, try not going to read, we're not going to read entire chapters, just bits and bits, and I want you to follow along, and we'll try to uh, travel uh, smoothly and, and briefly through these scriptures. I just want to touch on them, where it mentions overcomers, and they start in John 16. John, Gospel of John, chapter 16, verse 32. You all have your Bibles to John, chapter 16, verse 32. Behold, the hour cometh and is now come, and ye shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone, and yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. This is key here. This is my key verse. Yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. Whoever thought that Christ did not go alone. Christ went with the Father. He did not do anything without the Father's knowledge. Without the Father's blessings. He came in the name of his Father. Christ does not expect us to go alone. He expected his father to go with him, and we can expect our heavenly father to go with us. Nobody goes alone. This is key. Yet I am not alone because the father is with me. Verse 33, these things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus was an overcomer. Jesus overcame the world. That he overcome it by himself. No, the Father was with him. But he has overcome the world. And he expects us to overcome the world. He is the first fruits. We have, we have the Holy Spirit in us. To overcome the world. If we, are, if we are to be overcomers, we need to first realize that Jesus was the first person on earth that was an overcomer. Even he did not go alone. Yet, I am not alone because the Father is with me in verse 32. We cannot be an overcomer by ourselves. It is only through the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. This morning we will endeavor to explain and teach what it means to be an overcomer. And I will venture to say that 
a person is not designed to be an overcomer by himself. Yes, I just said that before, but with God, but there's something more. The Christian man needs the body of Christ. And we are all helpers together to become overcomers as a body. Now, people are in situations where they don't have a body, this luxury of a body like we do, but yet they are overcomers because they have God. But God created a Christian to be with the body of Christ. So find yourself in the body of Christ. Overcoming does not mean that you can sit back and relax and close our eyes. Overcoming is a rest brought on by a battle. A lot of you will know exactly what I'm saying. Overcoming is rest brought on by a battle. How many of you, and some of you have followed the Lord for decades, that you can relate to overcoming a battle that has fought in, in you and you've overcome it. And you, you, you're tempted to lay back and rest and close your eyes, but you know you cannot. Because the enemy, you realize, is seeking about, seeking whom he may devour. And you cannot lay down your guard. You'd like to. You're tempted to. And in the time past, you have done exactly that, but you've known the outcome. You've fallen again. You've, you've lost ground that you have previously fought hard. Overcoming is rest brought on by a battle. At times, a very ferocious one. What happens to overcoming battles in the literal world? We won over the enemy. Now we need to keep the enemy out. The battle is won, but he who thinks he cannot relax will find himself back under bondage in a short time. For all of us, that battle might be something different. I cannot see your hearts, but you know, and God knows. Let's go to 1 John now. 1 John chapter 2. First John chapter 2, verse 12. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. Little children is a reference to those that are recently born again. They recently have been brought into the fold of God. They are Christians. They're young Christians. Or they have not matured much. They're children in the Lord. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write unto you, fathers, because you have known him, that is, from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because you have known the Father. I have written unto you, fathers, because you have known him, that is, from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. The young men here, it's referencing twice, both in 13 and 14. They have both overcome. And, and here it says in 14, it, it gives us the key thing here. The word of God abides in you and you have overcome. 
So it lets us know that in order to be an overcomer, the word of God has to be abiding in you. The young men are those that are strong already in the Lord. They are, uh, they're not little children anymore. They have some experience. They know how to fight. They're strong. They're, uh, they, ha they have experience. But they're not fathers in the Lord. A father is a patriarch in the Lord. Somebody that has spent 30, 40, 50 years in the Lord. They have, they have made new children over and over again. They're pastors. They're leaders. They're, they're veterans in the faith. They are overcomers. Absolutely they are. And later on, it also references the, the, uh, the little children as overcomers. We can all be overcomers. It's a pattern that we need to get accustomed to in the Lord. If the word of God abides in you, you will take the sword of God and be an overcomer. Now let's move over one, two chapters over in 1 John chapter 4. I'll only read one verse there. First uh, John chapter four, verse four, ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. The children in the Lord, they soon recognize that something is in them that is powerful. It's greater than themselves. They, have, they, they start realizing that they can overcome where before they couldn't. This is your experience, brethren. Are we overcomers? How many of you stay little children in the Lord for 20, 30, 40 years? We don't really experience the overcoming life. We start, we keep backsliding. We keep, we keep uh, struggling with the same besetting sins that we have. Uh, thought that we overcame a long time ago. I find myself in that sometimes. I ask myself, Jacob, why, why are you still struggling with this? Um, I think it's because we're not mortifying enough. We're not desiring enough. And we'll go into more detail here. In this, what happens when we're still keep being little children? We're not, we're overcoming a little bit, but then we lose ground again. We realize we have to realize the greater is in greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. He has already fought this battle. He is an overcomer. We can be overcomers. Uh, one chapter over, first John chapter five, verse three. First John five three. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. Partly part of being an overcomer is to keep his commandments. His commandments are not very hard. They're not grievous. They're not hard to bear. They're quite easy. Uh, some place it says his yoke is easy, his burdens is light. I found it so, I found it so. Um, I think for those that experience his yoke is easy are those that actually desire God. They love God. And once they, they press in, they find that it's not so hard. He is with us. He loves us. His yoke is easy. Verse 4, And whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. That is the victory that overcomes the world, even our fate. Who is he that overcomes the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Amen. 
you have to be born again. Who is he that overcomes the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? He not only believes it, but he lives it in such a way that he believes it. Now we'll go into Revelations chapter 2. And uh, Brother Willie read some, most of this, or he wanted to, but he ran out of time, and we might be too, but it's these are... Uh, very important verses about the overcomer in Revelations 2, verse 7. Uh, we'll read 10 verses here. He that had an ear, let him hear what the Spirit said unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. So we, we start seeing language here that only the overcomers will go in and eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Only the overcomers. Uh, verse 8. And unto the angels of the church of Smyrna, write these things, saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. I know thy works and the tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Verse 10. Fear not for them which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tired, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto that, and I will give thee a crown of life. It's speaking about persevering. And now look at verse 11. He that had an ear, let him hear what the Spirit said unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. Because they have already died. They have already denied the flesh. They have already mortified, put to death their flesh. They will not be hurt the second time by the death because they are dead. And Christ lives in them. Verse 12. And the angel of the church of Pergamos write, These things said he which had the sharp sword with two edges. I know thy works, and that where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seed is, and thou holdest fast thy name, and hast not denied my faith, even in those days wherein Antipas was my faithful martyr, who was slain among you where Satan dwelleth. 14. But have a few things against thee, because thou hast dared them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast the stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed unto idols, and to commit fornication. So thou, so hast thou also them that hold the doctrine of the Nicolaeans, which thing I hate. Repent, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and I will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. In verse 17, that's my final verse here. He that had an ear, let him hear what the Spirit said unto the churches. To him that overcometh, will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone, and in that stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. So it's speaking about the overcomers will give, will get something from God, a special nourishment, a special treat to keep them going, to encourage them, to edify them, which others will not know about. But only those that are overcomers will experience it. They will have special grace from God to keep going. Uh, one chapter over, Revelations chapter 3, verse 4. Thou hast a few names even in Sardis which have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. 
He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. So here the overcomers are, are clothed in white. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. He that had an ear, let him hear what the Spirit said unto the churches. Now, if my ear is telling me correctly, it is saying that only by being an overcomer will I prevent God from blotting out my name from the book of life and confess his name before my father. For those that are not actively pursuing an overcoming life, they face an unwelcome door. Brothers and sisters, what are we pursuing in our Christian life? In Revelation chapter 3, verse 19, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him, and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in, this, in his throne. And he says again, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. This redundancy is there for a reason. It wants us to listen. It wants us to wake up and open up our ears. In Revelations chapter 21, and this will be the end of the scripture reading. Um, verse 6, 21, verse 6. And he said unto me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in a lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And I said previously, you don't have to fear the second death. Because our name is written in the book of life. But only those that are, that are overcomers. But I stand before you here as not being entirely overcome. I am a work in progress, but I am pursuing an overcoming life as the Lord chose me. And I trust all of you here have the same testimony that you are desiring to be an overcomer. And those that are not are in very dangerous position in their lives. Well, let's look into it a little bit more here. As we read these scriptures in 1 John and Revelations, it becomes clear and clear that the secret to becoming an overcomer or pursuing over being an overcomer are these five points. And I say five, I, I, I jotted them down. There might be 600. I, I just made five to take it apart to, to be more... Um, attainable, the simple things, the things that we know already 
to do them. Number one is becoming born again. We cannot overcome the world if we don't have the life of God in our beings. This is elementary. If we repent of our old life and invite Jesus Christ into our hearts, we will become born again. The Holy Spirit will find his home in us. I don't know how this works. I experienced it. I knew I, when I, I knew I was born again when it happened. Something in me was made alive. I looked at the whole world in a different way. I remember I was 17 years old, and the next day, or I don't know if it was the next or since two days after I was born again, I went to Minneapolis. There was a pork show. It was in January. And I remember walking around with Jeremy and Matthew and my cousins, and I looked at everything, and I was like, wow, what happened to me? I just totally look at this, these people, this place in a different way. I... I looked, at, uh, I looked at these people and I wondered if they were Christians, if they had the life of God in them. I, I, I don't know how to explain it. It was, it, was, it was different. My whole experience was different. Because the Holy One had made his place in my heart. This is the beginning of becoming an overcomer. This is the ingredient that it takes. We cannot leave that out. The Holy Spirit will find his home in us. We become holy because the holy God is within us. We abhor anything unholy to come in us. We abhor looking at the unclean thing, the unclean woman or the unclean man in our eyes because the thing which is holy within us is abhorred of it. We are disgusted with it. And if we don't find disgust in it, we need to repent. And say, Lord, come into my heart. Make this, find your a holy place in my being. Make it holy. We become holy because the holy God is within us. This is a spiritual awakening, a miracle. The metamorphosis of a human. It is the time the Holy Spirit finds a home in us and teaches us all things. The life of God, the Holy Spirit in us, will not automatically cause us to overcome. Just like adding an engine to a car will not make it go automatically. The car needs gas. The truck needs diesel fuel. It needs care and maintenance. The life of God in us needs spiritual maintenance. I've experienced this a few times in my life, where the Lord filled me anew with his spirit. And it was like as if I was born again, again. Just everything was new, it just ran off fumes. And everything was alive and vibrant, and then the fumes die down and you, you're back into life and you, the cares of this life uh, attempt to overtake you again. And you need to press through. You need to press on. You need to do the hard things. You need to deny yourself. You need to mortify your, 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 uh, your flesh. Uh, point two. An overcomer 
will have a habit of reading scripture and prayer. They will have a habit. It doesn't come automatically. They will create that habit of reading scripture and prayer. That will be part of their life because they know they cannot do it. They, they will not come to this realization every week anew. No, this is part of their staple. This is who they've become. This, it's so important. That is their daily habit. An overcomer will have a habit of scripture reading and prayer. This is elementary. And having it fill your mind daily. Scripture is the sword of the Christian. Nobody can fight battles without the sword. Prayer is the acknowledgement of the fact that we don't fight by ourselves, but by the power of God. <coughs> now, brethren, I want to encourage you, if you're not in the habit of reading scripture and praying daily, do it. Do it. I don't want to belittle you if you don't. You are in a dire state in your Christian life if you don't have that habit. Point three, having faith. Um, having faith, um, that goes without saying almost, but it is on purpose to understand that God is on the throne and loves us and uses circumstances to bring us closer to him. Faith is the shield that absorbs the attacks of the enemy. To live in faith, to live a life of faith in God. If you happen to be in an accident in town, to know, Lord, why did this happen? How could you allow this to happen? It's to live every day in faith to know, Lord, you knew exactly what was going to happen this morning. You allowed these circumstances to happen, not for my detriment, but for my good. It's to look, look at life in such a way that everything is for our own good because he loves us. He is a loving father that is living by faith. Point four, to be strong. Being strong. I mentioned earlier in scripture here in 1 John that the young men are strong in the Lord. Now, what does it mean to be strong? Does it mean sinews and muscles to be muscular? Uh, that wouldn't be too difficult to achieve. It would be for a time, but anybody could achieve that, to be muscular and really strong. No, it's not, it doesn't mean that. It's much harder. No, strong in the Lord. This means if we are strong in the Lord, we are weak in the flesh, not strong in the flesh. The only way we can be weak in the flesh is to acquaint ourselves with denying ourselves the desires of the flesh. To say no to the flesh and mortify the desires of the flesh. To become strong in the flesh takes zero effort and happens spontaneously. Sleeping late, endlessly scrolling and swiping, always eating, always buying, always watching media and the like. These things take no discipline, no mortifying, no effort. They happen so easily. Nothing that comes easy is of any value to God and our spiritual lives. It takes a lot of effort to being strong physically. I'm not downplaying strength training and exercise. I think these habits are important as well to remain healthy. But it's important to point that staying healthy and taking care of our vessels is part of a Christian's life. 
They are not easy. I'm talking about things that are easy. To become strong in the Lord is to acquaint ourselves to the practice and doing of things that build up our spiritual lives. To make a practice of praying often, to sing often, to spend quality time with people, to forgive, to love when we don't feel like it, to get up early, to go to bed early, etc., etc. Now, I'm not standing up here that I'm achieved, but I am definitely working at it. I'm, I'm really trying. This week I, I, I tried... I uh, told, I made a commitment within myself, I'm not going to be scrolling this week. Facebook, YouTube, scroll, video shorts. You all know what it is. I think most of us have done it in the past or are doing it, that have phones. It's a, it's a, it's a terrible addiction. Swiping, scrolling, whatever it is. Just aimlessly letting your mind wander. It's, it's not taking discipline. It's not taking control of the resources the Lord ha has for us. That's why I'm saying it's a terrible habit. And I found myself this week just without even trying, without even subconsciously, what, the, what am I doing here in this app? Just not even thinking. You're in it again. Okay, that's fine. I'm going out now. Put my phone away, pick up a picture book, set a kid on my lap, and read him a story. Uh, this is just some practical things that if we are to become overcomers to make decisions in our lives. To start small. You gain ground. You become an overcomer. You add things to overcome. I just want to point out I'm one of you. But I'm, I'm battling. Praise God, I'm battling. I'm not sitting back. And by the Lord's grace, I am overcoming. <clears throat> Among Christians, there exist two kinds of people. One, the first are those that ask God what is the most we can do for God. The second are those that always seek what is the minimum we have to do for God and still be a Christian. Guess which one is lukewarm and which one is vibrant and strong in the Lord? They ask these questions. <laughs> what is the minimum I have to do to go to heaven? What is the minimum I have to do for this church in Altona? What is the minimum testimony I have to have before the elders so that they will leave me alone, so I'm not in their spotlight? That's a big one among some other young people. What is the minimum testimony I have to have before the elders so that they leave me alone? What is the minimum I have to, to get the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Some more outpouring. It sounds like a good experience, but what is the minimum I have to do to get it? This is the main reason a lot of Christians aren't filled with more anointings in their life. Why they don't go from being a child to a young man, to from a young man to a father in the Lord. They aren't filled. They don't want it enough. 
They aren't overcomers, and they will never be because they don't press in. Brethren, try another approach. Ask the Lord, what is the maximum I can do for you in the kingdom before I die? Only that attitude will assure us that we are overcomers. Now think of a car salesman that asks, he goes to work in the morning and asks, and, and this, uh, this man comes up and he's interested in buying a car, and this car salesman asks himself, what is the minimum I can sell this car to this gentleman? No, that's absurd. This car salesman will ask, what is the maximum I can get for this car? He's always thinking, when you're selling something on Facebook or Craigslist, you're always thinking, what is the maximum I can get out of this item? Because you want to increase the most. You want to make as much money as you can to get the most out of it. Not the most, not the least. Nobody thinks that, but for some reason in our Christian life, we ask, what is the least I can do to still get what I want? Still keep the Lord, but yet keep everything intact of my flesh. Last point, five is being faithful. An overcomer will be faithful. They will continue in faith. They will finish the race. Press on when things get hard. And they will get hard. The New Testament speaks about the church and being the bride of Christ. He invested his whole life into his bride. He gave 100%. Imagine a newlywed bride asking her husband, what is the minimum I have to do to be a good wife to you? Do you think that would be a joyous marriage? Why are we surprised when we don't experience true joy as a Christian? Because we have subconsciously decided that we are going to invest the minimum we have to. A good marriage is a couple that both decides I'm going to give the maximum. Only when the husband Gives, tells his wife, I'm going to give you 100%, and the wife, I'm going to give you 100%, as you have a happy marriage. Beloved, we all choose what we put before us, what we put in front of our minds and thoughts. We all choose what we put behind us. It's our choice to make daily. And I want to get very practical with this. We can choose the right things that will help us be overcomers, or we can focus on the wrong things, which will only diminish us and those around us. John Maxwell said, the secret of your success is determined by your daily agenda. A day only has 24 hours. What, what is on our daily agenda that is going to make us successful as overcomers? This can be very um, worldly mindset as well, this, these thoughts. If you want to become successful financially and be a business leader and become rich, they also have this mindset. The secret of your success is determined by your daily agenda. But I'm, I want to put it on a spiritual side and become overcomers. Our daily agenda will determine if we are in a route to becoming overcomers or if we are overcomers i don't think you work towards being an overcomer i think you are either an overcomer or you're not 
an overcomer, yes, they all have lots of battles left, but they're living in such a way that they're overcoming. It's not a maybe. It's a yes or a no. The secret of our success is determined by our daily agenda. Maxwell also said that if you choose one or two things every day and put aside just one hour every day and do them for five years, you will become an expert in that or those things. Fifty years ago, Maxwell chose the subject of leadership and invested an hour into it every day. And after the third year, he decided he, he mentally not focused on how many years he had left. He wasn't thinking about it anymore. This was it had become habit. And today he is the most well-known speaker and desired speaker to speak on a subject. He flies all over the world to speak about leadership because he has become an expert in the subject of leadership. How did he do it? He put aside an hour every day and invested in that. It's an excellent idea. It makes sense. Your subject, instead of leadership study, it could be praying for different people, being a prayer warrior, investing an hour a day for being a prayer warrior. It could be Bible study. It could be Bible memorization. It could be leadership training. It could be picking a different language. Um, it could be picking up a different instrument. That's a great one for young people is to uh, discipline themselves and becoming competent in an instrument. And not only half-heartedly, but to actually being able to play it and edify the body in it. Um, exercising, taking, it's a worthy cause. It's, it's discipline. I think it's good. Exercising is good. Um, losing weight for those, it's a good start to becoming an overcomer is losing that excess weight that you have. Becoming healthier, helping people in Altona for only an hour a day. For these young sisters that are, or, or brothers that are desiring more purpose for their lives, to just spend a day or an hour of each day and going out and helping another sister or brother. That'd be tremendous. Let's see you're on a path to becoming an overcomer. Um, how about writing a book? Uh, that's something we don't do a lot of here, but maybe one of us should start writing books. There's definitely talent, talent here. We must persevere with these things. Let's not start strong and fizzle out after the first month. Press through, be strong. Be strong in your endeavors. The first, step, the first step is to take something, maybe a bad habit, like scrolling or swiping or watching media or sleeping late out of your daily routine and pick up a discipline you are excited about and invest time in it. This is a practical step that you can do that will help you become an overcomer. There are two times a year, personally, that I stop and seriously consider my spiritual growth and ask if I am an overcomer. These two times, and it might be similar for you, it might not be, but 
whatever. The first for me is right before we take communion. The weeks are prior up to that, maybe a month ahead of time. I'll just stop and start thinking of communion and what it means. And, and I start inevitably thinking about my spiritual life. How much have I gained? Am I still struggling with the same things? Have I made headways? Am I overcomer? And the second time is in January 1st, when a new year is started. When you look back and you at that whole year prior, and you think, what has changed about Mr. Yours Truly? What have I done to make the people around us a better people and myself a better person? Good, good healthy questions. If we are not willing to change our daily agenda, we will be seriously disappointed from year to year to year to year. This is serious, brothers. People get old and die in a rut. It only takes today to change. We will either grow or backslide. There is no middle ground. And in closing, I want to leave these encouraging verses with you. You don't have to turn there. I'll just read a few here in John chapter 15. You know them very well. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abided in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so I have loved you. Continue you in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that you have loved one for another, as I have loved you. Greater love had no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth call ye not servants, for servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you that he should go forth and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, and whatsoever ye shall ask of my Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, that you love one another. Amen. I just love that chapter. It just It's a challenging and it's encouraging at the same time. Amen. <clears throat>